everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast conversation with successful business owners who share their secrets of thriving in business while living with chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Hey, everyone. I am Nancy, the Chief Flying Pig Wrangler. Welcome to Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly. Have you got a chronic illness? Do you need better systems to scale your company? Well, here at Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly and Business Success Unlimited, we listen to conversations that reveal the tools and mindsets to make our businesses grow more easily. I know our guests today have some insight into that, so grab your pens and paper and get started taking notes. It's going to be good. Welcome to Sherry and Lou from the Lou Everett Group. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Nancy, for having us. Hi, Nancy. Hi. How Exciting. are you guys today? Doing great. Good. Doing great. Thank you. Wonderful. I am just going to turn it over to you to introduce yourselves because you've got so many wonderful things going on that I can't do it justice, but you can tell <laughs> us a little bit about who you are and what you do, and then we'll just get this show on the road, okay? Sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. Me, did you want to tell them who we are? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, uh, I'm Sherry McManus, and this is Lou Everett, and we are the Lou Everett Group. And yes, we are a husband and wife duo that are business and executive leadership coaches and corporate trainers. Uh, we specifically focus on leadership development and effective communication for small businesses. And we do that by providing very direct strategies in our proprietary coaching method to help build leaders from within as well as prevent toxic work cultures. And we provide compliance training such as diversity and inclusion. And, you know, we love transforming today's leaders through our coaching and educating and our training. That sounds wonderful. And I've got a question for you right off the bat. It sounds like sure. for the most part, you work with larger organizations. How do you deal with a one-person show, you know, or somebody who's got a couple of VAs and, and things like that? How, how do you convince them that they need to be a leader, even if it's just them? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Great question. Well, we, we and and just to make sure um, it's clear, we while we do work with larger companies uh, on that side of things, we have a sweet spot, and a lot of our clients and what we call our clients partners are solo entrepreneurs, or are those that are either themselves or only have a couple of employees. So we we do have uh, we love serving serving the solo entrepreneurs because we're small business. We we've been there. We know. And so, but it's not really a matter of convincing. As a, there's, it's either you, either you as a business owner realize I can't do this by myself or you don't. <laughs> and when you realize, man, I can't do this by myself uh, because I don't know what I don't know. I need to bring in the right resource and we're that resource. And, and if for some reason we're not a fit after having that conversation, we have an amazing network of a thousand plus uh, I, I, professionals that, that we what, can. Yeah. I guess what I need is a little bit more of a definition of what you mean when you say leadership what is oh yeah ah okay i got you i'm Mm -hmm. sorry i misunderstood that (laughs) but no leadership and our our foundation and our interpretation of leadership is uh is leadership is influence that's it you can have positive influence negative influence but it's still leadership it's just negative or positive right you're still leading people or leading a charge or leading a certain movement uh you, you look at you look at history right 
and I can give you two names that have complete opposite uh, feelings about that person. Uh, the first one that was a highly successful, positive, influential leader, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Didn't really push a position. He wasn't like the head of a big corporation, but people followed him because they wanted to, because they believed in him. They believed in his mission and how he influenced other people. Then you've got another leader, Adolf Hitler, another leader, <laughs> drastically <laughs> different influence. <laughs> right. However, leadership, both leaders, both have influence uh, in a different way, right? So leader, a leader or leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. It is influence and in how you use it. And how, okay, someone, my listeners, okay, are, you know, the little one person businesses who are sitting there just trying to, you know, anything from, I know a listener is a photographer, and I know another listener sells Mary Kay products, you know, and, and is actually very, very successful with her Mary Kay. So being a leader for the Mary Kay person, for instance, would be somebody that she could go out and she could show people how her product helps their skin and helps their lives and is that leadership is that convincing people to buy what it is you have to sell well being a leader is not about convincing okay. because being an influential leader doesn't need any convincing people follow you because they want to because of how you've influenced them so in this particular case it wouldn't be about how they sell it would be what influence do they have on their community on their life, their family? What do people think about them? What is their true mission? What is their purpose? What is their passion? Mm -hmm. And really is their why? And when that, when that is ingrained, it comes out. Mm -hmm. It really does. So with that Mary Kay representative, I bet she's the most passionate about, no, you need this product because mm -hmm. look at all the wonderful things. And I'm sure she has a testimony of her own to say, hey, listen, prior to this product, uh, I felt this, this, and this, or my skin wasn't looking right. Now she has her own transformation. Mm -hmm. So just that alone can share out to the other people. So again, you're using your influence in sharing your testimony, sharing your transformation, and it's being true to who you are. Mm -hmm. It's not about the product mm -hmm. because you're the one that's that's the face of your business. People believe in you. It's that no like trust mm -hmm. and influence. I'm going to add the influence in, in there. No like trust is great, but it's the influence part that's really the most effective. So it's almost a part of this is my brand. Yeah, and as opposed to being this is my brand, I am my brand. Mm -hmm. And I know for her it's very interesting because it actually brings in a, a couple of, of the different things that I deal with. She, is, she has been in Mary Kay for over 35 years. She mm -hmm. absolutely did not want to be a Mary Kay salesperson. <laughs> but her, her mother-in-law bugged her and bugged her and bugged her and bugged her. And now I think she's had like 19 cars She's, wow. you know, I don't know how much money and all of that, but her big thing, and she's also a five time cancer survivor. Mm. Wow. And mm -hmm. so her big thing is all about, I don't really care whether you buy this product from me or not. I care mm -hmm. about you. I want what's because I can't use the products. I'm allergic to them. 
Uh, but I still, I'm here talking about her, you know, I'm talking <laughs> about what she does and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just, she is just, she exudes, I want to do whatever I can to help you, whether that's in makeup or if that's in other parts of your life. And oh, by the way, I am a Mary Kay representative. You mm -hmm. know, that's almost sort of a, a side note to her, right. which I, which I think is wonderful. And, right. and yeah. I consider her a major leader in both the industry that she's in and just in life in general. So right. how do you, as a coach, you're talking to someone and they say, I want to be that person. You know, mm -hmm. I want to be just like that person. What do you tell them? How do you work with them? How do you get them to understand and realize what it is and, and to me being vulnerable and honest and authentic are all words that ring true and mean a lot and are a, a big part of my business and mm -hmm. so you know how do you talk and, and again I keep saying convince and I know that's not the right word but, <laughs> sure. but you've got to share in some way you've got to share what these things are for people in order for them mm -hmm. to say, well, that's what I want to do. How do I do that? Well, every, every person's position in life and, and where you are drawn towards, whatever your passion is, is different and it's purposeful and it, and it has a purpose. The first steps that we take with anybody is identifying what those are for them. You could have been in, we've had clients come to us that have been in business for 10 years, five years. It doesn't matter. We start off with, let's refresh our purpose, passion, our why. What are your core values? Why do you do what you do? They become their brand. That transparency, that, that, that humanness that drives people to do what they do because of their passion is what drives other people to want to be like them. Draws people to them to say, what are they doing? Because whatever it is, I like it. It's, it's influenced me in some way, right? Just like your, your Mary Kay connection. She wasn't selling Mary Kay. She's presenting herself. Oh, and by the way, I've got this amazing product that I know you'd love, but people have bought her first. And that is, that's how we work with our clients. Let's identify what that is for you and find out what that is. We believe that our clients, our partners have, have already in their mind, they have what it is. Sometimes we get stuck and can't see it, can't find it. And we just need some guidance into identifying what that looks like. Because once you identify who, what that is, man, it's then all of a sudden the floodgates <laughs> open up and, and now you're, now you're running towards what it is that you want to do. Um, that's where we begin is identifying what that looks like and why are you doing what you want to do? Are you doing what you want to do? There are some that I've got, we have one client that completely pivoted, <laughs> came in and, and he said, yep, I am a. I am a real estate coach and that's you know, for my own business while well, he still does that. But then after time, he's like, no, I, I've got this ability to do this and people like this. And all of a sudden now he's got this whole set, similar, similar, but a whole different track that has exploded because he identified what his real true deep passions and, and what his purpose really is. So that's where we begin. And, and I think that's interesting. And I think that in, in other terms is when we talk about finding 
finding our target market, finding out who it is we really want to work with. And, and my own story, and, and there's a little bit of a pivot here too. My own story is I've been doing this for 35 years, but up until my accident, I just worked with anybody that was in business that wanted hacks and tips and strategies. And after my accident, I realized that, no, I want to work with people who have had struggles like mine, who have chronic illness, who have had some sort of uh, disability brought on them and so that they can't work with their businesses the way they used to. And I mean, I, I can't tell you the number of people that have said, oh, that's too narrow a niche. You've got to do this. You've got to branch it out. You've got to, you know, I'm going, no, that's what I want to do. <laughs> now, right. Is that what you're talking about? Is that the, the passion that you have to find in people? Because there's mm -hmm. no way anybody's swaying me off of what I want to do. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly it. Mm -hmm. Well, it all starts exactly with it. it all starts with you, right? And that's part of what. Our, and it ends our, with you too, as a leader. Right. It ends with you. Like a leader starts and ends with you, and as a business right. owner, it, it does too, right? Mm -hmm. And that's part of our. That's part of our a method that we have developed because it all starts with us, mm -hmm. and we need to develop ourselves and lead ourselves first before we can lead anybody else. And you know, and being a leader, it doesn't matter. You can be leading, leading in a sense of you know, an organization, a nonprofit, you're also a leader. If you're a, a parent, you're a leader talking with your neighbors. So, you know, leader can be, this word leader can be intimidating sometimes, but it's really not. We're using our own passion, our own influence. When we talk to even some people in the grocery store, that, you know, that's a leader. That's mm -hmm. being confident. There's some other characteristics, of course, that we like to, to put that all under, but it all starts with ourselves first. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's one of our first principles that we have, that we have started with our partnerships and that's where it starts. And then it blossoms from there. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. And it's a really good spot for us mm -hmm. to, to change a little bit and focus a little bit on how did you yourselves get involved in this? What what happened to create your understanding of what this means and why it's so important and why you need to be helping people with it? Yeah, there's there was there's one major event which we'll talk about, and Cherry can talk about that part. But even prior to that, I mean, we have well over four and a half decades of experience combined in in the leadership space. Um, and business ownership was started. We started our own business together in 2005. Um, so we have that background, but we always worked for other other big companies, big corporations, and and the and directors and executive level roles. So we were always honing our skills on, on those levels and managing teams and people. I started the biz, this business first before Sherry came in, uh, and and the whole purpose behind it was to counteract what it was that I was experiencing that we were experiencing in the corporate world. Because can you just imagine this, right? Imagine you going to school to be a veterinarian, right? And you've got all this experience. You went out and you've worked your way up to becoming a vet and you've got your license now and you've been doing to schooling. You go into a veterinary clinic too because you've been that's where you're going to be working now as the as the vet as a veterinarian there. And and you go in and you see that other veterinarians in there that have more longer time than you are doing it wrong. The outcomes are not, 
the outcomes that they're supposed to be because they're doing it wrong. And no matter what you do, they're not doing it right. It's a very frustrating situation. And that is the experiences that we've encountered. And so we realized, well, at first, like, well, maybe, maybe we're, maybe we're the problem. <laughs> you know, I'll speak for me. Maybe I'm the problem. Which, I mean, we all have something to learn, but when it comes down to the core skills of leading people, finally, I realized, I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm the problem here. Just like the veterinarian would realize, I'm not the problem. They're not, they're not doing it right. And so uh, this is, well, instead of complaining about it and causing a riff, let's, let's show people how it's done. And so that's, that's one of the main reasons why I started this business. And then... Mm-hmm. Uh, after being in the business for a minute, Sherry uh, was working for a corporate company. And uh, there was a pretty catastrophic event that happened there that solidified the reasons why we were doing it. So in, in August of 2018, um, I lent, uh, I found myself in the ER, in the hospital, in the burn center for 10 days. And at that time, we weren't sure if I was going to live or die. And it started out as a simple cold and it just kept progressing and it landed into this rare disease. And my system at the time was so worn down and what that ended up into this where all my good mucous membranes were revolting. So I was burning from the inside out and it was, you know, we, we you know, especially him on the outside looking in on this, we didn't, we weren't sure what was going to happen, but mm. thankfully with the good doctors here in North Carolina, um, I was able to survive with very minimal damages and I still, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I still have some, some, you know, some chronic uh, things that have come out of that and what we can discuss further with that. But it was that moment where that, that experience really opened my eyes to where at the time I was, I was actually working in an environment where, it, where leadership at that time was more focused on the bottom line than they were valuing their employees anymore. So it was a very crash and burn type of work environment, go, go, go. And it turned into a very toxic work environment. People around me were getting sick. We were constantly, uh, you know, really just not in a healthy culture work environment. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, I just pushed too far and that's what it landed. So we knew at that point that this is not the only organization. This is not, you know, that story as rare, but not rare. It's common. People get sick. People get uh, have mental breakdowns. People of all walks of life experience some physicalness because of whatever's working in that work environment. Mm-hmm. So we decided to, at that moment, to like, listen, I'm like, this has got to stop. This is putting people to to the extremes. Mm-hmm. So we chose at that moment that that was a huge pivot. That we have a, a bigger bigger picture and it added to and our added purpose. To our sure. purpose. Uh, this is this message and what we had to go through to get to that point to really share that. Listen, leadership doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be that positional style leadership. And then, you know, come in COVID and this pandemic has really put the skids on how do we treat our employees? How do we treat people? And that really was very eye-opening, which we kind of knew all along this needed to be, you know, changed and and we're not the only ones on on this mission, but it really put a a very eye-opening situation. You know, I think it's really, I think it's sad that 
this story is not a minority story, but right. it is something yeah. I, I think true. back one of the very last jobs I had before I said, you know, screw it, I'm going out on my own. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was hired in a public relations firm to be one of the exec, ad executives, you know, one of the people working in the PR, but I typed 130 words a minute and they found mm -hmm. it out and they put me in the typing pool. And this was, this was back when it wasn't computers, it was typewriters, <laughs> you know, and, and my boss uh, supervisor would walk he he was the walk around style you know and he would walk around all day long and stand behind you and look over your shoulders and yeah. oh you missed a period there now you gotta do the whole page all over again because you made a mistake and you couldn't mm -hmm. just back up and <laughs> start over you know, right so then of course so then of course you're making more mistakes because you got somebody <laughs> staring over your shoulder <laughs> I sure. went home crying every single mm. night because sure. it was just such a miserable environment to be working right. in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I try really, really hard now of being the boss to not be the boss. But there's, I think, and this goes back to leadership again, I think there is a finite line that you have to, because I now go, to the exact opposite and I can't you know well you screwed that up my my last employee missed deadlines five times in two weeks and mm -hmm. you know it was very difficult for me to say you blew it <laughs> you know <laughs> right yeah because I still I, I'm still seeing you know those things that happened from before and sure so so Again, I think there's a difference between a leader and a boss. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but, you know, it's sometimes it's really hard to be in the terms that I'm thinking of leader in, uh -huh. those, in those terms to do the things that you need to do. So I, I give you a lot of credit for <laughs> seeing those things happening and stepping out of those molds and trying to teach people how to do it right. Yeah, and you make a valid point. See, there is a there is there is a a balance in effective leadership, mm -hmm. right? See, a lot of times it's not about defining what leadership is; it's about defining what effective leadership is. Mm -hmm. Effective leadership, an effective leader, whether it's your own business and you're managing yourself or a VA. Or you're managing a team of 100, 200, 300 people. What, it doesn't matter. What matters is, is the effectiveness. And that effectiveness comes with the realization that there is a bottom line that you're responsible for. Yeah. We can't cover that up. You know, as it, when, when I was in the executive level, there was, I was responsible for a lot of bottom line numbers. And, and, and we had to achieve those in order to be successful and for my department to be sustainable. I mean, that's just the nature of, yeah. of working as a leader. But I took that responsibility. I accepted it. I accepted the position. I accepted my job role and my responsibility. The, I was not elected in that position by members of my employee, my team. That was something I was promoted into. So we had, there is that balance of, okay, how do you manage bad performance 
how do you manage an employee or how do you how do you effectively manage or how do you effectively develop employees that are underperforming? That's the big question, really. And it comes down to approach. But more than anything, it comes down to how do they view you first? How can you perhaps um, prevent issues from arising, prevent the fires instead of putting out a fire? As many as you can. I mean, there's always going to be that. And that comes down to how are you, what are you doing to develop these people? How do they, how do they view you? How do your employees view you? How does your team view you? How does your family view you? How does the community view you? That view is what's going to determine the impact that you have on them. And it's also going to determine how they work for you. Are they doing it because they have to? I got to go in a clock in and do my thing. And then I got, I can't wait to get out of here. And they leave and your name's not even on your mind or are they there early? Cause they can't wait to work for you. Are they over producing on a, on a project you gave them that made it better than it was originally? Are they staying longer and you have to tell them to leave? I wish. <laughs> right? Are they, are, are, and, and when you're not around, are they telling other people the lessons that they're learning from you? That's an effective leader. That makes sense. Uh -huh. That's great. Um, jumping back again to the, the, the part where you decided it was time for you to get into the business because of your illness. And I'm, I'm so sorry that that happened to you, but yeah, I know that those kinds of things happen to a lot of us. And thank goodness, thank God that you're okay. And, mm -hmm. and I'll have very little residual issues with it. But how did you deal with, for many of my listeners, they've been in business for themselves for quite a while. This happens, whatever this is, and then they have to pick up the pieces. That's hard yeah. enough. But right. when you're starting out with a brand new business after the illness has come along, what are some of the things that you did to get that going while you were still feeling, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the sickness? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what, what it, which interesting enough, it's, you know, you would think that, oh, I was in, I got in the hospital, thankfully got, you know, got out. And then, then we started, you know, or then I jumped into the business, but interesting enough, I actually went back into the fire. <laughs> um, and, and the reason mm -hmm. for that, and I want to share that. I briefly. had to convince yeah. you to get out. <laughs> yeah. And the reason though, is because I had a team that I wanted to make a difference. I wanted that it's a slow brew and it's not a crash and burn. And I wanted to protect my, my team as best as possible, still produce, but in a different fashion. Um, that that was my hope. And I did make a small dent uh, in, in that. So I don't regret that, but I did go back. But then after several months, um, I know I had to be more diligent with my own health and to make sure I wasn't getting back into the old habits mm -hmm. of, you know, working 10, 12 crazy, ridiculous hours or and, you know, falling trap into um, the expectations of working 70 plus hours and the verbal abuse really getting to me mm -hmm. and, and really deteriorating my health. So I did it for several months. 
before I finally said I had enough. Now in the process though, yeah. you were doing something for yourself that made a difference. Mm-hmm. What, what were you doing? Personal development. Yeah. yeah. She looked at herself and said, I've got to see what, what as opposed see, she, and we both did this. It was difficult to do, but, but Sherry looked at the situation. We both did as, man, this was terrible. It, 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 it impacted us very, very close to home. And unfortunately, we knew about situations similar to this from other companies because that's what I, I did. But to see it and really feel that personal. But we, we both got it and says, well, okay, what, what is the message and the purpose behind this? And, and Sherry started right off with, I've got to learn more about me. I've got to find out more about me. Where's my power? And what can I do with that power to influence and help other people? And that's what she did. And as she began to do that, of course, it impacts me as a business owner and a husband. And then we says, man, when looking back now, while it was detrimental, and I and I can give you my perspective on what I saw happen here. And it was it's a, it's a totally different one because she was in the middle of it. And here I am on the outside, and I've got pictures of her laying in the hospital bed, eyes covered because of a procedure she had to have because of the impact on the, that this had on her body. She was hallucinating, medicated, so she didn't know what was going on for virtually most of those 10 days. And I've got pictures, and I'd walk in a room, and that it looked like she was on her deathbed dying. She had oxygen tubes. She had a feeding tube. They had no idea if she was going to survive. Ten days later, Sherry was determined that she was leaving. And we were going to take what happened there and turn it into something that was going to bless other people. And the way we could do that is Sherry realized she had to start with herself. You got you, you have to start with you first before you can give it to anybody else. You can only give at the limit of your own growth. You can't give it any more than that. And Sherry wasn't having that limitation. Because if I'm going to give, I'm going to give as much as I possibly can. Because there's a reason this happened and we've got to identify it and help fix it. I love that. And, and I understand that too, because... After my accident, I sat for a year and a half in a dark, cold, dismal basement, curled up on a bed that I couldn't get off of because I couldn't walk, and I just wanted to die, you know? And then one morning, I woke up, and um, it felt like I got hit on the back of the head, you know? like that and, <laughs> and I'm going yes God <laughs> you know I, I didn't have to hit quite so hard <laughs> it was a love tap it was a love tap <laughs> but you know it was like get off your butt and get going you've got so much that you can give and there are so many other people out there that are in the same quote unquote circumstances where yeah, they're they're yeah. not themselves any longer. They've had to have changes in their lives. They don't know what to do. You need to get out there and show them. And That's you it. know, and and again it goes back to nobody's gonna convince me that I want to work with anybody other than people that have chronic illnesses because mm-hmm. it's been, you know, ordained. I've been told I still hurt. That's right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's it. 
that's your, that is your purpose, right? Yeah, that's your calling. Once you have that and know that, it's like, man, I can't do anything else. So then you've got to work to the best of your ability. But what I now do is, and now we're we're turning into the the health part of this is. I now want to understand that power, understand what it is that I'm supposed to be doing, but understand how I can do that to the best of my ability without burning myself out again. Mm -hmm. I don't want you going back into the hospital again for the same or a similar something happening to you because you're now working so hard in this business that mm-hmm. the same thing's happening so how do you you know so that's why i look at but i agree with you totally you have to know what it is you need to be doing i, I will not work with people who come to me and say well i want to start a business but i don't know what to do mm-hmm. tell me what to do <laughs> not ready yet you're yeah. not ready yeah, yet no, mm-hmm. they're not ready yet and <laughs> you know they're gonna and and so often i'll i'll see I just watched a, a documentary on LuLaRoe. Do you know what LuLaRoe is? The clothing company? Oh, yes. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of women said, oh, yeah. I want to do this because I'm going to make millions of dollars. And now the company has crashed and burned. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so and it's because they didn't, these women, it was interviewing all these women that had joined the company. And the, the women didn't have a why. They just knew they wanted to do something, wanted to make money, wanted to have something of their own. And this was mm-hmm. an easy way to do it. So I agree totally that you have to know what it is that you're supposed to be doing. And, right. you know, and that, but then you also have to turn that and figure out, okay, how can I do this so that I can help both the people that I'm doing it for, but also keep myself whole. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they're, then they're ready. Then we can come in and help there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once they've identified that it's okay, what's the next step? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, and, and, it, and it is, you're right. It's, it's something that's rooted in you that no matter what direction you go, that's, that's, um, it's a drive. It's, um, it's the driving force. So what tools yeah. do you use? Tools as in technology, as in processes. What are the kinds of things that you do back office wise that keep your business going forward, thriving, successful, but keep you out of the hospital again? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think time blocking specifically um, being really intentional and put the intentions uh, uh, every day out and what needs to be done, but also what, you know, who, who am I, who are we giving value today and really being intentional mm-hmm. um, reflection, still personal development. Um, see my, my physical elements, if we're talking specifically um, were uh, I, chronic dry eyes because uh, I literally I was burning from the inside out. So I had blisters all over um, my mouth, my, and also on my skin and my Nasal eyes were, passages, throat, mm-hmm. eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything with mucus <clears throat> yeah. was burning. Right. Yeah. So my eyes, you know, my tear ducts, I have like half tear ducts. They're not completely burnt out, but at least half. So the, when we 
we almost take for granted that our eyes are going to be our eyes, right? And uh, until you realize that they're dry and uh, sometimes light sensitivity, that is can be painful. So it's almost as if you got sand in your eyes. So it's better now than it was, but it still will always be there. So some days. I have days yeah. like and humidity is up. <clears throat> yes, yeah, humidity. Change. So if you hear me coughing or or it's like a, a chronic drip uh, because of of the you know burned out pretty much. Yeah, there's hair know? follicles <clears throat> in the yeah. back of your sinuses that collect a lot of that mucus, right? The, those are burnt out. They don't, they're, they've been burned. She doesn't have them. And so there's this chronic drainage that happens. And, and so there's times where it's, a, it's, it's, uh, it impacts things. So the things that we implement outside of that, like business things that help her and help us as business. Well, we've, we, we have a CRM, a customer relationship management tool that we pay for. And we use, we have coaches that we and mentors that for us that we use um, and, and, and referral partnerships that we've connected with people that we trust and Sherry can reach out and say, man, I'm running through this challenge. What should I do? Um, we have, gosh, we've got uh, a mark. We got marketing people. We've, we, we got, we've have a, a program that we use even to streamline our posts so that we do it once a, once a week and it just does it ever automatically. Um, so and that's just on it. There's more. We we uh, have all of our one-on-ones. We promote virtual as much as we can. Uh, if we go in person, that's fine. As and we go out in person, but we we make sure that it's scheduled in a way that's not going to impact. Um, and if the week's really really busy, and it's like, well, there's this one, and sometimes Sherry will say, "Man, I don't know what to do." And I says, "Listen, you have worked a lot this week. It's time for you to move that to next week." There's nothing more important than health, and. Um, uh, so the back, back end, we've got a lot of tools and I'm probably forgetting a lot of them now <laughs> outside of email, but we utilize a customer relationship. Oh, we have, we've also have a, uh, um, you know, an email marketing campaign tool. We have all of our um, uh, campaign. So we, we try to streamline all of it, Love it. <laughs> and use the resources, right? So that you're not spending hours. Yeah. <laughs> And you're not overworked doing something you don't like to do. You're doing what you want to do. And, and do you find that the cost of creating and the time, cost as in money and time creating and the effort setting it up, it's been worthwhile and it's actually been beneficial? Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just even having a coach and a mentor that people that we have, it's just, it, there's no price on it. Uh, when you can pick up the phone and say, I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, just that alone. But then all the tools we have and the resources we use and outsourcing for certain things that we don't want to deal with. And, um, you know, it's like having your first employee, you know, you get to that point in your life, your career, your business, you're like, man, I need to bring, I need to bring somebody in. Maybe just part-time. It's scary. Mm-hmm. For two reasons. Number one, it's like, I don't know if I want to be able to continue to afford to pay them unless we got more stuff. But then number two, um, I don't know if I want to give up that control. That's a big well, one, I think. It's a big one. Mm-hmm. And you got to get over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you got to get over it because your business is not your baby. Nope. Your business is a machine. I have. It's a machine. 
Yeah, it is. But I, I have to tell you this because that just brings to mind another memory. I was talking to someone on the phone once who was a coach and trying to sell me their coaching services. <laughs> and they wanted like $35,000 or something. And I'm going, you know, I make $100 a week. What do you mean? <laughs> this was years ago, but it's like, yeah. you know, and, and she had the nerve to tell me, she says, well, look at it this way. If your business was your baby and your baby needed to have a, a transplant, somehow or other, you would find the money for that transplant, wouldn't you? Wow. Well, you need to do the same thing for your business. And I went, uh, uh, goodbye, click. Yeah. <laughs> not sure if I like that approach or not, but yeah, it's, no, but it's, it's tough. Not, it's not your business. I mean, it's not your baby, you know? It's right. You right. gotta be logical about it. Gotta all be logical. And it's yeah. Well, yeah, it's a machine, you know, you gotta treat it that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Believe it or not, we're well past our time. <laughs> wow. Time flies when you're having time fun. Flies, doesn't it? Is there something yeah. that we didn't talk about that you think is important to address? Oh boy, that's a loaded question, Nancy. <laughs> we could be here for another couple of hours on no, that. No, one thing. <laughs> Anything that you wanted to make sure we mentioned? No, I, I think we covered it. I think it, it's just the, the heart of our business, why our, our purpose, how we help individuals, but also with the chronic illness that I have, you know, um, have gotten because of being in the hospital and running this and running our business and what you need to do to keep, you know, keep moving forward. Don't let that bring you down. Mm -hmm. You can do that. You can, and, and really looking to listening to the lessons learned to push forward in your business. Um, I think the biggest message that I think the audience should, especially being solo entrepreneurs is that you're not a, you're, you're not an Island by yourself. Mm -hmm. We need people in our lives. We need mentors, you need coaches, and you got to be intentional of what you're putting in your mind. Mm -hmm. And, and our mentor says we need to floss our brains and, and, and get that junk out and to really put in mm -hmm. what uh, good nutrition, just like what you do, uh, eating good nutrition food. Well, you have to do that for your mind as well. And it's so important. So body and mind are, are one and, you know, very closely related. So I think that's the biggest thing. Solo entrepreneurs is to really b believe that you need people. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Take care of yourself. I love that. Take that breaks. Is, you know, that is do your thing. That is a wonderful way to end this podcast. I love it. Thank you guys so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. To wrap things up, often after a podcast, people want to know more about some of the things that we do here at Business Success Unlimited. And if you'd like to hop on a Zoom, my contact information is in the show notes, as in Sherry and Lou's there will be information for them so you can reach out to them as well in the show notes. Or you can email me at nancy at businesssuccessunlimited.com. Now, guys, I hope you got a lot of really good information out of this. If you have any questions, put them in the comment section of the podcast when it airs, and we'll get back with you. We'll try our best to answer whatever questions you have. And, you know, if you want more information on what the Lou Everett group does, you can reach out to them and see if, you know, what they can do to work with you. And also let me know what type of 
conversations you would like us to have in the future. What are the kinds of things that you're looking for? What are the things that you want to hear more about? And let me know those things too. But until next time, get out there, be productive, strap on those rockets, make those pigs fly, and soar higher. Take care, y'all. We'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye. Thank you.